0: there's places where I struggle. There's places where I find ease. That is true of everybody. I say just take the places where you find struggle, learn the lesson, take the places that you find ease and share the wealth, the abundance. Know that you know you can do anything that I do. It's just going to be in a different way. Everybody's success looks different.
1: This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 292 with guest Rebecca Barucki.
0: This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no-BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a
1: side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. I hope that you're having a happy summer. I know summer can be really hectic for a lot of you every summer. So we've been doing the podcast now for six years. Every summer we see a dip in downloads. So what that tells us is that y'all are taking a break, whether you kind of want to or not. I know that, I know that schedules get flipped upside down many times and your routines change. And sometimes things are different. Sometimes they're not, but sometimes they are. But regardless, I hope that you're having a great summer. I hope you're not too hot and sweaty unless you want to be. I know for me, I am taking a break this summer, especially July. July has been A time of, I just, I made, I was very intentional about it, and I made sure that I only have one-on-one clients on my calendar as appointments. That's it. Nothing else. And I will tell you, it's been glorious. <laughs> it's been absolutely glorious. Luckily, I adore my private clients. They're always amazing and I look forward to talking to them when I see them on my calendar. And everything else is off and it's just it's one of those things that I've learned over the years in order for me to be the best me, in order for me to show up as big and energetic as I possibly can on this show for you, I have to take some time off and that involves really taking a a step back and a break in July. I'm excited about next month. Next month coming up, we have another coaching session coming up for you from one of our patrons, as well as another conversation about shit that matters with unqualified people about money. I'm coming on with my very best friend in the whole world, Amy Smith. So that is going to be coming at you this coming August. (laughs) And also just wanted to remind you, I mentioned it last week too, if you are someone who works at a company or an organization where speakers come in and you think I would be a great fit, let us know. Email us. I can send you my speaking reel. We can send you all the information about what I offer. I do keynotes and interactive workshops for organizations and teams. And I would love to see if I am a great fit for you. I am recording this on the heels of having come back from a weekend that I spent with some women that I mastermind with, and this is the third one that I've had this year. And of course, yes, I'm taking a little bit of a break in July, but I did show up for this for this mastermind weekend, and what's coming, I can, and I don't mean to be vague about it at all, I really don't, but what I can tell you that's coming up you know here over at your kick ass life is I know most of you know I am walking into writing my third book and with that I have really stepped into no I shouldn't say that I'm working on stepping into cuz I don't think I'm fully I'm fully arrived yet but I'm working on stepping into what is the thing that I am the best at I think so many times especially when we are in business for ourselves or we are some kind of service provider or even a, a maker of some sort, that we do things sometimes that we don't necessarily, even even if we're, we're, we're really, really good at them and we like doing them, but it's not what Gay Hendricks calls our zone of genius. And we keep doing it out of habit. We keep doing it because it's paying our bills, et cetera, et cetera. And I have been working on letting go of some things that, again, that I'm, I'm good at, but that I don't really feel are my true, the things I am truly, truly good at. And so this weekend, we were talking, you know, honing down on that thing and what my main role is over here At your kick-ass life and what my main role is going to continue to be. So the good news is the podcast isn't going anywhere. That's the really great news. And also the good news is, is that this podcast is, is part of my zone of genius and we and me and we (laughs) and the team are going to do our best to bring this podcast to you at a higher level. Make it better for you. Listen to what it is that you want. And, you know, the coaching sessions are part of that. The conversations about shit that matters with unqualified people episodes are part of that as well. And I'm just really excited. I'm excited for you. And that matters because it would be a shit show if I wasn't excited about it, right? So, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for showing up every week. Thank you for telling your friends about this show. Thank you for leaving us reviews on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on, you have no idea how much those reviews actually do matter. Thank you for leaving me reviews about my books. I'm going to continue to write books as well. So your reviews over there matter so much. Thank you for sharing them on social media. I read every single one where you all tag me and it just absolutely means the world to me and allows me to continue this work. It 100% allows me to continue this work. So let's get into the guest I have for you today. Super pumped to bring it to you. We are doing a book giveaway on this one, but you gotta listen to the very end to see how you can enter to win. It is for my patrons over there on the Patreon. You can enter to win a book. And just head on over to patreon.com slash YKAL to see how you can be a patron. Those are the people who support this show. And also those are the people who can... Applied to be coached for free here on a podcast episode. So again, patreon.com slash YKAL. All right, so Rebecca baruki is back. This is her second episode over here on the podcast. If you want to listen to her first episode, which I highly recommend that you do, that episode is in the show notes. And let me tell you a little bit about her for those of you who are new to Rebecca. Rebecca Becks Baruki is a mother of five, TV host, meditation and yoga guide, birth doula, and author of You Have Four Minutes to Change Your Life, simple four-minute meditations for inspiration, Transformation and true bliss. And her brand new book, Managing the Mother A Guide to Create More Ease, Space, and Grace in motherhood. Her mission is to make mental health support and stress management tools accessible to all, especially Black and Indigenous people of color, LGBTQ plus folks, and other marginalized communities. Rebecca lives with her family in a barn full of rescued farm animals on their eight-acre homestead in rural New Jersey. So without further ado, here is Rebecca. Rebecca Baruki, welcome back. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh, this book. I am, I just decided actually right before I hit record that I'm gonna do a giveaway to my Patreon people. Ah. So before I forget, I'm gonna buy someone this book, Managing the Mother Load, a guide to create more ease, space, and grace in motherhood, which I guess let's just start from the very beginning because I love. I love that you open the book Mm. with saying that it's not a parenting book, right? (laughs) And that you're not a parenting expert. So can you can you start by just telling us what you mean? I just hope
0: that this doesn't discourage people from buying the book because I I, (laughs) can't wait. Right, I I do give a little bit of (laughs) advice, but you know the whole idea of there being such thing as a parenting expert is so bizarre to me because we as human beings, as adult human beings, understand how different we are. And the same goes for children. So yeah, there's a way to get your kids maybe to eat their vegetables or to go to sleep at a certain time, but my children are so different from each other. And I Mm -hmm. hardly feel like an expert of them (laughs) most days. And even though I have five of them, I can by no means feel comfortable Telling anyone else that I am an expert in how to, you know, tell them how to raise their children. So, yeah, I'm just talking about my story and my experience, and hopefully you can glean something from that. But I'm no expert. I'm so glad
1: you said that because every once in a while I get. People, you know, when I open it up for QA or, you know, the people who are on my Patreon can can submit questions for me to answer on the air and and I get parenting questions. And there's a part of me that's always like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I, I know a lot of things and I'm an expert in some things, but parenting is one of well, and how I always answer it. And tell me if this is sort of what you think is I can tell you what in my experience what I have done and what I'm trying to do over here mm-hmm. but I can't tell you a hard and fast answer.
0: You know and and I'll speak to this because this is where you're coming from too. It's like sobriety. It's something that's always evolving. It's not something right. that you can just say I'm done, right? So I'm a parent mm-hmm. and I feel good about the job that I've done so far but I'm not done. And I'm learning every single day and each stage presents new challenges. I have, um, my youngest is four and a half years old. My oldest just turned 21 and it's, um, I still have, you know, so much to learn in terms of even adult, you know. Raising an adult child or not raising, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> being the parent of a being grown up. Being a parent and giving advice only when it's solicited of an adult child. Right. So yeah, you're just, you're just never done.
1: Yeah. I, I Someone told me that when my kids were really, really little. And I think one of them had to have been a newborn or something. And I was going through that just really difficult time of no sleep and, and all of those things. And being a brand new mom and and them saying, it does get easier mm-hmm you know, speaking of like the newborn stage, like you will get more sleep and each stage presents its own set of challenges that are different from the other one. And now, you know, my oldest is only 11 and I'm experiencing, okay, now we're walking into puberty and we're walking into like the part where they start to kind of move away from us and the heartache that comes with that Mm -hmm. and and trying to navigate really difficult conversations, like talking about internet porn and like Mm -hmm. all of these conversations where I'm like, I'm all for having hard conversations and that's definitely one I don't want to have. (laughs) So it's, I I hear you when you say each stage has its own set
0: of um, new stuff. And and new reasons to not sleep. So you're not sleeping because the baby is crying and then you're not sleeping because the kid might be missing curfew. And then you're not sleeping because she's away at college and you don't know, you know, if she's lonely. So there's all different reasons. Mm -hmm. I haven't slept in 22 years. So. I I would I bet that's true. Absolutely, absolutely. Well,
1: let me ask you this. So you just said that your your kids range in age from four to twenty one. How have you changed as a mother, and how have your parenting methods changed through the years and through the kids?
0: It's so funny. The other day, I was sitting in my studio with a girlfriend having a conversation. The eight year old knocked on the door to tell me that the four year old was saying fuck inside. And I was like, "Uh, whatever, I'll be in it in a minute. (laughs) Our worst thing. And then the 21 year old (laughs) said like fart or ass or something. And I was like, well, no, no, watch the way that you're talking. Like be a lady. (laughs) So that's, it's, it's so funny because the way that I was parenting her, you know, very strictly reading all the books, really trying to do everything the right way, trying to be the perfect mother. it stuck with her. So I'm still parenting her Mm -hmm. the same way, but with each kid, I don't know if it's, I, you know, I realize what doesn't matter as much, or if I'm just more tired, or if I realize that, you know, they turn out okay, no matter what you do, or, you know, like things turn out Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. The little one's definitely saying fuck a lot. And I'm just, I don't know. I don't care. I just, I say that's an inside word. (laughs) That's the rule. Sorry. That's
1: yeah. That's what I tell my kids too. Yeah. About all of those words. And I just feel, I mean, as a side note, I have, I've had people say, so for instance, I donate to my kids school when they have their, their yearly raise run thing where they raise money, Mm -hmm. the PTA raises money. And I donate from my business account. Mm -hmm. And because if you donate at a certain level, they'll put your name, Mm -hmm. your business name (laughs) on a t-shirt. And I'm like, well, I don't think that I can, I'm like, just put, Owen oh, family instead of your kick-ass life coaching because yeah. I can't because it's a bad it's word. Right. And I, I also had someone ask me because my second book had a curse word in the title and they're like, are you worried about that at all? And I'm like, if my if – my, the least thing I'm worrying about right now is knowing that my children know that I say the word shit right. all the time. Yeah. Like, I would rather them glean the lessons
0: from the book. Yeah. It's just that foul language. It, you know, and that's like – it it bleeds into every single area of our lives. Like, What really matters? What doesn't? What what are we getting hung up on? What is getting in the way of us doing the things we want to do? Are we overthinking things? Are we worrying about what other people think? It's like, it's just the word people really. And it's so arbitrary to assign it, you know, being bad or good. I don't care.
1: Yeah. And that's, I think that, you know, that's what the, I kind of wanted the takeaway for people to be is like, really think about what Matters and what doesn't. Yeah. What are you getting hung up yeah. on? Yeah. Well, you often say that you were a mother before you were a woman. Mm. So tell tell us what that means and how has that shaped your experience
0: as a mama. First of all, I got that from my friend Nacia Walsh, who is kind of like a parenting expert. <laughs> she goes <laughs> she goes on Good Morning America and talks about parenting things, but um, she said that she was a teen mother. And it struck me so profoundly because I didn't have the words for what I was feeling. That I had never had the opportunity to really grow to know myself as a woman before having children. So it's 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 funny because people always ask me like, "How do you do it? You have five kids. You have this business. You have a husband. You have a house. Blah blah blah." Um, I don't know anything different. My Mm -hmm. whole adult life has been in the context of being a mother and taking care of other people. I've never not had that responsibility. I was 18 when I was pregnant. I was 19 when I had Winona. Um, No regrets. I don't feel like I missed out on anything. It's just a different lens through which I'm looking. Mm -hmm. So that's happening for me now. Even though the little one is still little, I've learned how to, and I, I talk about this in the book. I've learned how to go after my dreams to create space for myself, to learn how to integrate um, my dreams into my reality as it is in this moment. Um, But that's what it means. I was, I became a mother before I, I knew who I was and Mm -hmm. I think it's a really, really cool adventure now in my forties to when I'm more confident, when I'm good with my body, when, you know, like all that stuff has happened to get to know myself. It's, it's a really cool time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That is
1: okay. And everybody just, just kind of circling back, managing the mother load, a guide to create more ease, space and grace in motherhood. And, um, already this morning, well, if you listen to this podcast today, it goes out, I posted in Patreon for a giveaway for this book. I'm curious about because you were on a while back, we'll post that link in the show notes as mm-hmm. well, when we were talking about your first book, which was You Have Four Minutes, and it's all about meditation. Mm-hmm. What made you decide, like, did someone, did the publisher say, will you write a book on motherhood, uh-huh. or did you just wake up one morning and decide? Like, what made
0: you want to write this particular book? I didn't want to write this book at all.
1: I That's what I thought.
0: I didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But I remember that. And that's why the introduction is what it is that I'm not a parenting expert. I'm just a parent. Um, This is a book I never wanted to write. I wrote it mm-hmm. in, and I'm still going through this time during the hardest time of my life. I was estranged um, from my 17, then turned 18. Now he's 19 year old son um, and we're just rebuilding our relationship now and it's going really well, but it's been a hard long road So it's like who am I to write this book? This is ridiculous. Like my kid isn't even talking to me. He hates my guts so I Proposed a book. My publisher was like give me another book. Give me another book I proposed, um a book that I still really love and I still want to write but they said, you know We don't know if we're ready for that one yet We saw something in your proposal about this little program that you wrote managing the motherload. It was a little talk that I gave Uh, at a mother's to a mother's group. And what about that? That's such a great title. What, what have you wrote about that? And when they rejected the first proposal and came back with that, I was actually in bed experiencing a miscarriage. And I was, um, it was eight days that I was in bed and it was incredibly painful. It was, it was a choice that I made to, to do it that way, to not speed it up through medical intervention, but it was, just a devastating, confusing, really hard time because it was also a pregnancy that I was really stressed out about and I didn't even know if I necessarily wanted, which is not something I talk about a lot, but it was just, it was scary. And mm-hmm. so flood this flood of emotions. I get this email from my publisher. They say, We want this book about motherhood. My not, my 18-year-old's not talking to me. I'm having this miscarriage. And I was like, you know what? fuck it. (laughs) I'm just going to do it. This might be the best and worst time to do this. And I wrote the proposal while I was still in bed. And I wrote that first chapter while I was still in bed and I sent it off and they loved it. And then I started that journey and it was, it was a lot of heartache through the entire process because that whole time I was feeling like a fraud. And so I talk a lot about the estrangement and I talk a lot about, um, the estrangement with my mother that I was experiencing even at the time that she died. So a lot of that's in the book. And um, there's a lot of fun stuff too. So I don't want anyone to be scared of it But, um, but it's, it's all of it. I mean, it's what motherhood is. There's a lot of loss. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot, you know, a lot of birth. So um, mm. yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm. I totally missed that part.
0: And I, anyone I does. also, yeah,
1: so. I can, well, I can, I can attest to that, just having known you that, no, this is also a book with a really, your sense of humor is so infectious and just joyful that it's woven into the book for sure. All right. So kind of shifting gears and, and this, I, I think it's such an, an important topic to talk about that we haven't, you know, I haven't had anybody on who has personal experience with this. Mm-hmm. And would you mind talking about your son, Sunny? Yes, absolutely.
0: It's my joy to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because, okay, so I talk about him in the book and it evolved, the book evolved and how I talked about Sonny in the book because um, Sonny is my eight-year-old little boy. He was born uh, Summer, Summer Violet, and um, he was born at an anatomical female and since has I hate to use the word transition because he never transitioned. He's always been him. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. he has since um, started using he, him pronouns. And he uh, goes by the name Sonny, which was a name he wanted to give to a golden retriever that we're absolutely never getting because we have enough pets. Have a farm. Like, give up that dream and just get to yourself. <laughs> um, so in December of 2018, he was playing... Uh, a game in gym where they separated the girls and the boys, and he came home and he was distraught. And he said, "Mom, I didn't, I didn't want to be on the side with the girls. I just don't. I can't do it anymore. And I don't want boobies. And I don't ever want to birth a baby. I mean, like he had thought about this a lot. Uh, so was this the first time he had come to you and talked to you about that he might no. not feel like a girl? So okay. at, as soon as he could talk, it was I don't want to wear dresses, and he only mm. wanted to wear black. And looking back. Um, I could see even in the pictures, how his face was so different when he was wearing like quote unquote girl clothes. Um, mm-hmm. he wouldn't let us use descriptors like pretty or beautiful. I wrote a blog about it when he was three and it was like my, you know, my daughter doesn't want to be called beautiful. And I thought it was like this female empowerment <laughs> message <Right. laughs> because oh, he's a boy. Um, and he would say things like, I want to be a boy, but we didn't want to not influence him, but we just wanted like, okay, let's just see how this plays out. You know, we're just Mm going to let him say it. And so when he, you know, came out, and I'm holding up quotes now, in December, his hair didn't change. He had already had short hair. His clothes didn't change. Mm -hmm. His toys didn't change. Nothing about him changed but his name and his pronouns. And so it was really easy. Our church was amazing. They accepted him fully. Our family is incredible. Like, everybody was just, like, totally on board. Um, My community, of course, was great. And his school, surprisingly, because we go to a very – a predominantly white, and I say 97% white, conservative, um, <clears throat> Republican voting, um, mm-hmm. very uh, non-diverse school community. Um, they were on it. But of course, New Jersey is only second in the nation in how tough their, their transgender uh, laws are to protect children and adults. So it was like, use the bathroom you want. We're here to help you. It was incredible. All the kids were like so on board because they know him right they know him and i'm encouraged to stay in the district because i know that they'll always support him because they just adore him and they grew up with him so yeah he came out um we had already been going to p flag meetings because we anticipated something was coming because of the way it was like Mm -hmm. the talk was kind of ramping up but i'll tell you even though he didn't change as a kid um there is a new light in him that we didn't see before it's he is fully him now and it's i just feel so lucky he's he's Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, he's an angel. Oh, that's so incredible! And just thank you, thank you to you, and thank you to to Sunny for being out with the story. And what do you think? Because I'm 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 making up that there might be someone listening who has a child mm-hmm. and it's this, this similar situation, yeah. and they're either wondering or they know for I sure. I do. Yeah, and and maybe maybe they aren't in a place mm-hmm. where their church is going to be accepting mm-hmm. or their community
0: is going to be accepting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, now that we have it established that you're not a parenting expert,
0: <laughs> what, what is your advice? <laughs> Do what's best for you. Do what feels safe for you. Find the community that is going to help you. I think that PFLAG, it's parents of, our um, parents and friends of lesbians and gays. It's a very old, <laughs> it's a very old organization. So it's kind of like an old name, but PFLAG is the most incredible, incredible support system. They have chapters in every single state. They have groups online that you can join. I am so grateful for ours. And what it does is it doesn't only support the the children or the individual, it supports the whole family. So brothers, sisters, moms, dads can go. We go to meetings and we see dads that were completely devastated by their son coming out as um, their daughter and didn't want anything to do with them. And now I saw a dad one time in a meeting was like, this, he's my best buddy. He's my best friend. Like I'm a total turnaround. So mm-hmm. find a group that will support you. You do not have to come out to anyone, do what's safe for you and let your child lead because your child will know what's best for them. They really, really do. Don't try to push them one way or the other. Because I know with Sonny, we were so anxious for him to call himself something um, because it was so confusing for us, and we had to get counseling for that, because it's not our journey. Um, I just wanted to know, but it's, mm-hmm. okay, this is a story from the book that I do want to share, because it, it was, it, it's just magic. We had um, a midwife for uh, my pregnancy with Sunny, and she doesn't do regular sonograms. its It's a common practice with midwives, and we wanted to know the sex of the baby. So I kept asking her and I was like, what do you think? I want to really want to do it. She's like, you can do what you want. She goes, honestly, you can find out what you're going to get, but never who you're going to get. And I, wow. And when we got study, (laughs) when he started saying things like I'm a boy, it was like, Uh Oh wow. Louise, you, you really knew what you were talking about. And, um, it turned out to be prophetic. So yeah. Wow. You're going to find out what you're going to get, but never who Mm -hmm. you're going to
1: get. That's incredible. What advice would you have for parents who, and maybe it's flag that would help with this mm-hmm. too, that are really struggling, maybe not even at the place where they're worried about what other people are going to think, mm-hmm. where they are struggling mm-hmm. with. I mean, I, I I make up a story that perhaps for some people, there is a grieving process yes. as a parent yes. that you're losing the
0: identity of your child. Yes. Um, my husband went through it when Sonny cut his hair short. Um, it wasn't because he felt like he was losing a daughter. He felt like he was just losing who he knew Sonny to be. And we, good or bad, or indifferent, whatever, we we assign a lot of qualities to our children, hopes and dreams to our mm-hmm. children, hopes for their futures that that aren't theirs, that are solely ours. And even with good intention, it can hurt. So we have to let go of those expectations and we have to understand that, you know, like Khalil Gibran says, our children come through us, not from us. Um, We are just here to guide them and to witness them and their journeys. So understanding that and that letting go, I promise you it will reveal so many gifts. It is so mm-hmm. much better to watch your children's personalities, their journeys unfold, than to have them just do what you wrote for them. Um, but there is a grieving process. Uh, when, when Sonny, you know, I chose the name Summer because I loved it so much. And mm-hmm. it represented all of his brightness, his light. And when he changed it, it was really, it was hard for me. Um, I have mm-hmm. a friend, Jodi Patterson, and she wrote this incredible book called The Bold World. And oh my gosh, go buy that book. <laughs> the Bold World by Jody Patterson. <laughs> and she has a trans son that's just a couple years older than Sonny. And his name is Penelope. His, and he continues to use his given name. Um, mm-hmm. So because his thing is girls, boys, whatever, you, you define what that means. You define what gender means. Yeah. So you can be named Penelope and be a boy. You can have breasts and a vagina and be a boy. So he's taking a different route than Sunny, but it's a beautiful one.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we'll pop the link in the show notes for that book as well. Well, it sounds like you've been through a lot as a mother in the last five or six years. I mean, because Winona went to college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. You went through the thing with your son. Mm-hmm. You went through the transition with Sunny. It's like, my gosh, life handed you so many invitations over the last <laughs> handful of years. I, I
0: lost both my parents.
1: Oh my gosh, that's right. That was super mm-hmm. recent too.
0: Yeah, that all it. That's what really started it all. That's what started. That's what propelled um, me writing the first book. That's what got me pregnant with baby number five. I was. Only, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. thirty days. You told me after. when I lost
1: my dad, don't have a grief baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a very common response. Women yeah. do that. It's a very common response to losing a parent. It's to get mm-hmm. pregnant right away. It was thirty days to the day that my mother passed. That I got pregnant with Annie, and she's named mm-hmm. after my mother. My mother was named Anne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot has happened. Um, hard, beautiful, necessary, welcomed. I'm grateful. It scares me for what's ahead. You know, I'm like, dear God, I've been through enough. Thank you. Thank you for the lessons. But it's prepared me for so much. Um, I know I was telling my husband this morning, and and please forgive me if this sounds like I'm full of myself, (laughs) but I was telling him this morning, like, I'm really proud of myself. I've done a lot. I do good things. I've lived through a lot. I can do hard things. And um, I feel really prepared for whatever the world throws at me. And for that reason, I feel really prepared to lead other people through hard stuff. And that I think was the biggest gift because I get to be of service in a bigger way. Fuck yes, Bex.
1: (laughs) Well, and I want to, that's so interesting to me that I think still as women and you, like if I had to, someone said like, who do you, who comes to mind when you think of someone who is who has been through a lot, but uses it as life lessons, uses it to empower themselves. Like you'd be on that list. Like I'd be like Rebecca Baruki is one of those people, (laughs) but still it's so interesting to me that you preface what you said with, I hope this, or (laughs) what did you say? Please forgive me if this sounds like I'm full of myself from sitting over. And I, you know what? I probably would have said the same thing if I were you. Like I'll I'll tell you why I say it though.
0: I'll tell you why I say it because women will hear me say it without prefacing it with that. And I wanna give them permission if they feel that too. Because women have a really hard time saying anything nice about themselves in general. And maybe you're like really good about saying, like, I love my body, but you're really bad about bragging in another area. Wherever you are shining, brag about it. It's really good because it it gives other people permission. So Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm full of my well, no, I am full of myself. I'm filled up with love for myself, but that doesn't mean (laughs) that I don't have room for the love of other things as well. And through helping other people, I love myself more and vice versa. It's just like this circle that is so necessary. Um, uh, but yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. Fair enough. And it's interesting because my, my nine-year-old daughter, she's, she's, um, she's sometimes struggles academically. And mm-hmm. when she, you know, she works her ass off, she's worked her ass off in third grade and, and has seen the the benefits from that. And, She, we had this conversation about bragging because, you know, it's kind of, that word is going around in the circles of her friends and, Mm -hmm. and -and so-and-so told me not to brag. And she said, she's a bragger. So I was like, listen, Uh. (laughs) that word has such a negative connotation. And so the way I explained it was simply this. I said, it's one thing to talk about your accomplishments and your achievements as, as feeling or talking about them, that you are better than other people. Mm -hmm. That's not what's that's not okay. But you are, and I this is what I tell her all the time. I'm like, you worked hard for that. And that's called acknowledging. Yeah. That's acknowledging being proud of yourself. Those are different. So that's how I explain it to my daughter. And and that's what I saw you doing. is like you're not, you're not, you know, shouting in from my podcast like how much better you are than everybody else. No, I'm so
0: regular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you really are. It's really. <sighs> This is the message that I want to give moms, you know, in the book and then just in life and just women in general, because I love all women, not just moms. I just happen to speak from that point of view. It's, there is nothing exceptional about me. Nothing, really. There's nothing. I didn't have money. I dropped out of high school. So I don't have an education in that Mm -hmm. way. You know, I'm smart in some things and there's a lot of things I don't know. (laughs) Just like anyone else. I'm bad at math. Uh, there's places where I struggle. There's places where I find ease. That is true of everybody. I say, just take the places where you find struggle, learn the lesson. Take the places that you find ease and share the wealth, the abundance. Know that you know you can do anything that I do. It's just going to be in a different way. Everybody's success looks different. Um, but yeah, I'm not exceptional. <laughs> Everybody's success looks different. I yeah. love that. Yeah. What is the biggest message you'd like mothers to take away from from this book? Hmm. It's a little bit of what I just said before, but it's also everything you're experiencing is normal. If it doesn't feel good, that's normal. If it feels hard, that's normal. I talk a lot from the perspective of childbirth and being a doula, someone who helps women, um, birth their babies. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it hurts to have a baby <laughs> like i'm not going to lie i'm not one of those orgasmic birth people it hurts to have a baby but you can look at as that at that pain as a struggle as torture as suffering or you can embrace it as pressure that's pushing forward the biggest miracle the biggest mm-hmm. gift and it's the same with life so motherhood is a tough gig no matter how you got your baby right it's a tough gig and you can struggle through it, or you can accept the ups and downs as the pressure that's bringing forward lessons, a better you, miracles, like all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what you're experiencing is normal. It's uh, it's good for you. You're not alone. I got your back, certainly, and um, you can do it. You can do it, and you have people rooting for you, even though you don't. You might not see it in the moment. Yeah, here, here.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, everyone, the book is called Managing the Motherload. We're talking to Miss Rebecca Baruki here. And where do you want, I know you're in a few different places on the Mm -hmm. internet. You have a Facebook community. You're super active on Instagram.
0: Motherloadbook.com. That's load, L-O-A-D, a little play on words. So motherloadbook.com get the book, register for the bonuses, say hi to me. I want you in my communities. I will stalk you once you register for your book bonuses. And, well, tell um, us yeah.
1: what, the, what are the bonuses.
0: Oh my gosh. So if you order in uh, the pre-order period, you get the free audiobook, which is amazing um, because I'm leading the meditations a little bit differently than you would read them in the book. So it, there, oh. there is a shift in how you're going to experience the book. Um, and then you're going to get my 21 day soul cleanse. Um, you get some other stuff that I'm, Oh, you get a workbook companion to go with the book. So you can have a little journal to keep all your exercises in. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff. Go check it out. Amazing.
1: Okay, so we will definitely link to the motherloadbook.com so people can get the bonuses. And I know that a lot of my people like audio and so they'll be sure to jump on that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Bex. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank and you. everyone, I know how valuable your time is. And as always, I appreciate that you spend it here with me and my guests. And until next time, everyone, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Wait, hey there, Askiggers. As promised, those of you who are patrons, you are eligible to win a copy of Rebecca's book head on over to patreon and you will see the post in there on what to do on how to enter and for those of you who are not patrons yet just head on over to patreon.com slash y-k-a-l you can see the different tiers over there to see if you want to support the show and i would appreciate it so much all right so for real this time until next time ass kickers i will see you out in cyberspace bye bye